Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Mastermonico and Tian Tran join to ask the following questions. What world leader who is crushing the pandemic are we crushing on? Should social media companies that do the bare minimum get applauded? And why are we all obsessively vacuuming all of a sudden? This and more right now. From Facebook to Central Park to outer space, we have, to quote the president, much very good information for you today. So I'm just going to get right to it. To start, I'm going to call my friend, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff under President Obama and Nancy Drew scholar, Alyssa Mastromonaco. Hey. Uh, Is this Ma Ingalls? Uh, it's Caroline to you. <laughs> What's her maiden name? What was Ma Ingalls' maiden name? That's a trivia question that I don't know the answer to. No, but I'm going to find out, obviously. Now I'm, oh, I'm writing it okay, down. Cool. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, I have a second question for you. Yes. So uh, for reasons that will take too long to explain, um, I was on, it was in a rabbit hole yesterday of trying to look up covers of Nancy Drew books that I used to love when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And then I fell down into the rabbit hole of looking up plots of some of them. And I remember, because I was reading them when I was like, probably a little too young, like eight to 10. And some of them were too scary for me. We now, this is where our age separates us in Nancy Drew land, because my, when I read them at the same age, I was like, eight, but, um, mine were like circa 1974. So I don't think they had gotten as graphic, but, uh, there's literally nothing better than the clue in the crumbling wall. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the specifics of that plot, but I do remember really loving the ghost of Blackwood hall. You know, what's interesting about the Nancy Drews of my era, they have a very distinct smell. 
And when we can see each other again, I'm going to bring you some because when we were talking about this, I showed you that I actually have all of my Nancy Drew books here with me. They have, it's sort of like a mildewy library smell, even though they're mine. But if you see someone who say graduated in 1994 or sooner, you're like, you know what that smells like a Nancy Drew book? And they're like, totally. (laughs) Um, I was like, were any of the books ever too scary for you? Like, were you, did you not do well with supernatural stuff? There were some that I would have to read during the day, you know, like not Mm -hmm. at night before bed. Like there were some with ghosts, apparitions, like things like that. They did, they did scare me. I mean, they, they Mm -hmm. still scare me. (laughs) Wait, Ms. Ma Ingalls' maiden name is Quiner. Q-U-I-N-E-R. Okay. I would not have guessed that in... A million years because I didn't even know that that was a last name. Um, okay, well let's let's get into the news. Uh, oh, I was going to talk about the. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> so the news has been dumb and bad, but Crooked has some exciting news this week. Um, they're launching their adopt a state program for people who live in blue states and participate in Vote Save America and want to help in places that are going to be battlegrounds. So the adopt a state program lets you directly support the work of organizers, volunteers, candidates in the six battleground states. Alyssa, do you know the six battleground states we can pick from? Yes. Okay. Right. Hold on there. Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Ohio, Florida. You had one wrong. Is Ohio wrong? North, yeah, Ohio was wrong. Okay. It is Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Florida. Oh, I forgot about Arizona. North Carolina. Yeah. Arizona, beautiful state, troubling politics, but a hopeful future. <laughs> um, so when you sign up to adopt a state at votesaveamerica.com slash adopt, you get specific calls to action, like things you can do yourself from home that will make a huge impact on the races in these states. So Alyssa, you know that I, this was no secret. I'm, I've picked Wisconsin, my home state. Um, I really want to help keep it from becoming the Lake of the Ozarks pool party of the North. <laughs> and in the last few years, there have been some troubling signs. The politics there, the people there are mostly pretty great. Uh, the politics there has been mostly pretty shitty. Um, Trump won Wisconsin in 2016 by 22,000 votes. And uh, the state legislature is gerrymandered all the fuck. And so there's absolutely no way for Democrats to ever really get representation that's fair. Um, the good news is, though, in 2018, we elected or they elected. I mean, it's not we anymore. I haven't voted <laughs> in Wisconsin. For, uh, they elected Tony Evers as governor and Tammy Baldwin is a senator from there. And it's always super close. So I'm going to be throwing my weight behind my home state of Wisconsin. Alyssa, we don't know who you're going to pick. So this is an announcement. No. So this is an announcement because as you know, I'm a badger. I'm a proud Wisconsin badger, but it's your home state. And I didn't think that we could both pick the same state because there's so much help that people need. So I thought about it. And since I, of the big 10, 
I hate Ohio State the most. So I'm going with <laughs> Michigan. Uh, Go blue. For so many reasons. One, their state bird is a robin, which is a beautiful bird. But also Governor Whitmer has just been fucking taking a licking and keep on ticking. She's doing so great for the people of Michigan, despite grotesque, lame, pathetic, like we want our freedom. Let's aerosolize the coronavirus all over the state capitol protest. And so, you know, it's 16 electoral votes. And uh, so I'm going to fucking help the Great Lakes state. That is really admirable. And also we can wave at each other from our respective states because Michigan and Wisconsin, the UP of Michigan and Wisconsin share quite a long border. And uh, both states have a similar natural beauty and kind of similar... It's they're they're great. I'm I'm excited for you. I'm excited for Michigan. And also shout out to the members of the Michigan State Assembly who listen to Hysteria who have been actively lobbying. They have been for- actively lobbying and you know, it didn't take much lobbying. It's the right thing to do, but I feel like they're going to give me a lot of work. Well, congratulations to Team Michigan for getting Alyssa Master Monaco on their team Woo-hoo! for 2020. Oh, it's going to be fun. They won the Alyssa primary. <laughs> They won the Alyssa primary. <laughs> um, okay, there's there's some crap to talk about, but I, you and I were texting this week, and you know there's a, there's a person who is from outside the U.S. who has consistently come up in our text conversations as somebody we admire. So rather than getting into stuff that is you know the president and social media and fake murder charges and all that stuff, let's do a quick extended toast. And uh, Alyssa, I'll let you take it away. Well, Aaron, this week we're here to toast Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern because she is of New Zealand, for those who don't know, Prime Minister of New Zealand because she's the baddest bitch leading a country right now that any country could hope for. And I have a couple fun facts about her that you may not know. She grew up on an apple farm. She is a DJ. DJ. This is, these are just fun things. This isn't even the meat of what she's good at. Uh, she is a DJ. <laughs> she was the president of the International Union of Socialist Youth. And when she graduated college and traveled the world, when she got to New York, do you know what she spent her time doing? What? She was a volunteer at a soup kitchen. That's what she did. She didn't go to like Hush and Lush and Chaos and all the clubs, which actually she's younger than me too. So they might not have actually been a thing when she got to New York, but she spent her time helping the neediest among us in New York. Jacinda Ardern. And the thing that she doesn't even know is that uh, David and I were supposed to take our honeymoon to New Zealand. Of all the places on earth, it is the one place we wanted to go and we had to cancel it because our beloved Shrummy got sick, but we will get there one day. Oh, yeah. New New Zealand is a well-run country. PM Ardern is doing a great job. She was the youngest female head of government when she was elected or appointed prime minister in 2017. She was only 37 years old. She's also the world's second elected head of government to give birth while in office. She had her daughter in 2018. I like burned into my brain is like the image of her riding her bike pregnant yes, to parliament. Totally. And I, I remember being like, this lady is amazing. She's amazing. Um, her politics are also great. As you've mentioned, Alyssa, she's focused on social inequality, child poverty, in the housing crisis. And when it comes to the coronavirus pandemic response and crisis responses in general in New Zealand, but let's focus on coronavirus. She has been 
Olympian. She has been she arguably shut that the, the best down. world leader. She did. She she announced on March 14th that there would be a uh, required 14-day quarantine for everybody entering New Zealand. On March 19th, she closed the borders. And on the 25th, she locked it down. And earlier this month, New Zealand was free of COVID. No COVID in New Zealand. No COVID in New Zealand. She also, um, I found out this when I was researching for this week. Um, she has a podcast. What? She has a, like a series of convert. You can search it on Spotify. <laughs> she searched for Jacinda Ardern on, on Spotify. She has a podcast where she sits down with other Kiwis. That's what a word is for New Zealanders. It's like Holland, Dutch. It's one of those things that seems totally unrelated linguistically. <laughs> uh, she sits down with other Kiwis and talks about how they're handling their like life inside their bubbles because they use bubble terminology as a way to control the pandemic spread. And you know, it is, it's a delight to listen because she's so upbeat and positive, but also gives it to you straight. And, uh, also the accent is just a joy. It is a joy. And you know what else I like when you watch, uh, videos like where she's addressing the country or doing interviews, she refers to them as a team. Like the whole country is a team. I like mm -hmm. that. I like yeah. that. She's great. Also, uh, the, the moment I think that made that solidified to me that we needed to do an extended toast was it happened this last week. Um, prime minister Ardern was in a, uh, a live TV interview in par in the parliament building and a 5.6 earthquake hit while she was being interviewed. She did not, her smile did not even, there was no, no flicker in it. No, it, it was completely solid. And she responded, we're just having a bit of an earthquake here. Quite, quite a decent shake here. And then she said, oh, I think that's it. Like she just, and she never stopped the interview. That's how everybody got to see it. She was just like, oh, okay, let's go. She's such a pro. And she's a really good example of how effective young people and women can be when they're given a chance to lead. Because I mean, the proof is in the pudding. She's doing a great job. And as we have mentioned before here on Hysteria, Every country that's led by a woman crushed their curve when it came to coronavirus. And um, what do you know about that? I mean, it's anecdata, but I like to believe it's because we should probably be in charge. I didn't know that there was a word anecdata, but I'm, I'm into it. I just I, it's it's a word that I've I heard it from someone else when it's like you take you take one or two examples and apply it to like the whole world and decide that that's what's true. But I like it and I've been using it for a long time and I'm sorry, I've forgotten who made it up, but it wasn't me. Okay. Uh, now on the other side of the toast coin, I think we need to even go beyond roasting this guy. This is a, is this a fuck that guy situation? It's an extended fuck that guy. I think it's a fuck that guy. And we got to say, fuck that guy, Mark Zuckerberg. Fuck that um, guy. And really fuck that guy. And honestly, all tech bros who are now sort of in the, you know, sorcerer's apprentice phase where they're Mickey and they cut up the broom and the brooms have gotten out of control. And they're like, we're just letting the brooms do what they want, but the brooms have all become Nazis and the brooms are destroying the world. <laughs> um, first of all, there was a story in the wall street journal this week about how Facebook knew that their algorithm divided users, executives leaned into it. Leaned in. They leaned right into that. And uh, they found that 64% of extremist group joins are the result of Facebook recommendation tools. Mm. So the website is, is on purpose driving people to more and more extreme views. 
to keep them engaged with the product. And this was something that everybody knew about and nobody did shit about. Fuck Mark Zuckerberg. Fuck. Fuck that, that guy. guy. And also, fuck, like, here's the thing. I've said it before. I got it. You, the Sheryl Sandberg lean in. I'm a feminist hero. Blah, blah, blah. Like, girl, you sat around and like, you know, all this and like, that's just not cool. Like, that's not cool. Like, that's not having ideals or values. It means your value is and your ideals are money. And so good for you then, I guess. But don't tell me to lean anywhere. Oh, she's on big time feminism probation. If maybe even in feminism jail, she's in feminism jail, (laughs) feminism jail. The only way to get out is to devote the rest of her life to trying to undo the harm she's already done. And then maybe she can get out of feminism jail. Maybe. 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 Now I'm, now I'm picturing feminism jail. It's not like orange is a new black. Okay. <laughs> also, Twitter finally corrected a tweet. Uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter flagged a couple of Donald Trump's tweets with a fact check warning because the president has been lying again. Um, no different than any day. Cause he's always lying every but day. This time he, he was lying about mail-in ba- ballots, um, being fraudulent and said that mailboxes will be robbed and all of these things are not true. And Twitter put something up saying, you know, get the facts. And when you click on it, the f- it's just basically like, no, that's not it. Uh, Trump went apoplectic. <sighs> he lost his shit and has claimed that there will be some, um, I guess, big consequences or something. But the president is kind of want to make empty threats. I kind of wish that there was a news organization that would like post it like threat down. <laughs> I guess I think that was a Stephen Colbert thing because he's threatened so many things that he just never does in order to make it in, in order to make our kind of hamster brains believe that he's doing more than he's actually doing. He has done a lot of bad shit, but he's threatened to do probably 10 times as much as he's actually done. You know, uh, I've told you before that one of my sanity corners uh, of pandemic is watching 90 Day Fiance on TLC. And there is a character, Mm -hmm. uh, baby girl Lisa. And baby girl Lisa is always threatening to not marry Usman. And you're like, girl, we don't even want to watch your storyline anymore. You threaten and then you boomerang back. Our president is baby girl Lisa, but with much more power. And, uh, you know, the thing that I think is such a fucking lame bullshit thing about uh, Jack is that Donald Trump can't govern without Twitter. He can't reach his base without Twitter. He is, it is the one thing, it is like his lifeblood, he needs Twitter. And so Jack actually could do things to keep Trump to like the rules of Twitter, but like he just chooses not to because what's Trump going to do? Quit Twitter. He can't quit Twitter. He will die. I and mean, he will die if he quits Twitter. What's he going to do? Tell his fucking little like supporters to quit, to boycott Twitter. No, because how would they get their messages from him? So it's just very stupid and lame that Jack won't actually, you know, stop Trump from doing something, some of the like very revolting things that he uses Twitter for because there actually would be no consequences for Twitter. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just enforcing rules that other people have to follow. You know, there's, it's really not fair that the president is the only one who doesn't have to follow rules against inciting violence and, um, 
posting harmful and harmful lies about people, he's the only one that doesn't get in trouble for it. That doesn't seem well, to be very fair. And do you remember a couple months ago when there was an outcry uh, for Twitter to implement sort of anti-white supremacist or to, to implement like filters to filter out some of the white supremacist content on Twitter? And they couldn't because it would uh, disproportionately affect the GOP. <laughs> Meaning that their I mean, tweets would be filtered out because they say such batshit stuff. Uh, and, and people were like mad about that. But the funny thing is like, maybe you should be mad about the fact that your party aligns itself with fucking neo-Nazis. Like the point missing was incredible. Let's say for the record, there are not good people on both sides. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are not very fine people or even kind of fine people, but I do, I don't want to let the media off the hook when it comes to Twitter and Trump. I think that people who work in the media, especially now, um, kind of conflate Twitter and real life. And sometimes Donald Trump will put stuff out onto Twitter, knowing it'll be incendiary to members of the media And then he can just sit back and wait for them to spread it around to his users, who many of them aren't on Twitter. When I go home and if if I were to bring up some Twitter garbage around most of the people from my hometown, they would not know what the fuck I was talking about. But would they They know? Would they know if you brought up something batshit from Facebook? Yeah, Mm. probably. I think they would. And that's why fuck Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Absolutely fuck Mark Zuckerberg. But also, you know... (laughs) It's just, it's a situation that is completely untenable and the tech bros that lead these companies that don't want any moral responsibility for the outcomes of actions that happen on their platform, uh, it's just egregious. And, you know, I think that when it comes time to eat the rich, we should consider starting in Silicon Valley. That's just my Take. I couldn't agree more because Aaron, just as I was coming up here to uh, get to see your face today, I saw that tech stocks are surging. Great. Yay. And no lessons were learned. None. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break after that non-lesson learning. Um, and then when we come back, Tian Tran will join us and we'll have a conversation about how the quarantine has made us all a little weirder. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah, I have. I refuse to be uncomfortable if I want to be productive. I refuse to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. 
Yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like denim shirt, denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit falling just above the knee while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're... They look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, Ugh. Um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now. And I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip. And they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And welcome back. It's me, Erin. Alyssa is still with me and joining us now from Chicago, correct? I'm in Champaign, Illinois. Champaign, <laughs> Illinois? The, sh- the Champagne of Illinois. The Champagne of Illinois. I'm in Champaign-Urbana. It's Tian Tran. We haven't seen you for a while. It's so good to see your face. Hi, so good to see you too. How, how are you doing? You know, good days and bad days, but generally pretty good. That's good to hear. Alyssa, how are you? I'm pretty much the same, the same as I have been, you know, (laughs) mostly upbeat, but some, some valleys, but that's about it. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I think that's about the same. Um, I spend, I, I oscillate between feeling very, I've I've become more productive now that I've kind of fallen into the quarantine rhythm. I'm actually doing stuff and writing stuff. And so that's exciting. Um, but I do have moments where I feel like a real piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Same. 100% same. It's like, I want to, and I'll have crazy ideas sometimes where like, I'll be like, let's, I'll just, you know, be somewhere like at the park or something. I'll text Josh, let's drive to the ocean. He'll be like, he's like, sounds good. Why? There's yeah, sure. Sure. And we'll do that. And then I come back and I'm like, I don't think I want to drive to the ocean. Um, let's talk about somebody who's not having a good week. So we all saw the video of a woman named Amy Cooper in Central Park who had her dog off leash and uh, a black man who was named Christian Cooper, no relation, confronted her and was like, please put your dog on the leash. He's a birder. First of all, birders, one of my favorite demographics of people. I hope to be one of you someday. Um, he's a birder. And having your dog off leash in that part of the park, the ramble, um, can disturb the birds. Uh, the woman lost her shit and uh, Cooper began filming her. And then the video went viral and she lost her job and she lost her dog. And 
I think it's going to be a while before she, she tries to call uh, 911 on a person who's not doing anything to her again. So, um, Tian, I want to ask you what your reaction was to all of that. Ooh, well, honestly, the first thing I thought was just like the way the most disturbing thing is that she knew that she could weaponize her whiteness. It's the most upsetting thing. She chose a very specific phrase and said that an African-American man is threatening my life, is threatening me, knowing full well she would have the benefit of the doubt in that situation. And essentially, like, he could have he could have been killed. He could have been mm-hmm. murdered in that moment because of what we're seeing all across of just, like, of, of about pro- police brutality, essentially. She weaponized mm-hmm. the police, or tried to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and it happened right around the same time as uh, in Minneapolis, four policemen killed a man named George Floyd, who was not doing anything. And actually to hear um, a really great segment on that, Akila Hughes did a great segment mm-hmm. on that on Wednesday's What A Day. I would highly recommend everybody go back and listen to her talk about that. Um, and I also think like, you know, the a black man is threatening me thing it's like the Karen Abracadabra. It's like, um, it felt like she was using magic words almost. Like she was like, I'm going to invoke the police and now like harm is going to come to you. Mm-hmm. And it was, I like, I had a hard time watching the video just because I don't, it, it's so, it, it like makes me so angry and watching those videos, I know sometimes it's it's good to like elevate them and you know, the, the attention on her ended up, getting justice done, you know, like she was punished severely and appropriately for that. Um, but I like feel so angry watching them, even though I know the outcome went in the favor of the person who was not doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like only have listened to like parts of it and it just makes me want to like curl up inside my own body and disappear. It's just so, I don't know. Alyssa, what did you think? Well, I think that the thing that is the most, well, there are a lot of parts of it that are incredibly disturbing, but especially disturbing is just how performative the entire thing is, how he was not in any way threatening her, how terrifying the outcome could have been if he had not been videotaping it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is but like the presence of mind that he pulled out his phone and started recording her and also how her voice changes on the phone. Like when you listen to her, because I've listened to it many times, um, you listen to her and it sounds like when she's on the phone, her voice elevates like as if he's getting closer and closer to her and like she's she's fearing for her physical safety and just fuck her. You know, like I saw people on Twitter yeah. who were like, you know, people aren't going to be happy until they lose their livelihoods for a mistake. That wasn't a mistake. That was intentional as fuck. That was not like two people in an altercation and it went too far. She started the whole thing while abusing her dog. We haven't even gotten to the poor dog yet. And, you know, and here this person who is just literally being like, put your dog on the leash, not to protect me, but because unleashed dogs drive out the wildlife that is in this park. And it's, it's been a big deal in the park for a very long, for many years about keeping your dog on a leash. And she knew that. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I did go down the rabbit hole about, which is not funny. I didn't mean to make it sound funny. It's not funny, but was the 
deep Twitter rabbit hole about how this woman may potentially suffer from Munchausen's by proxy because when people went to her Instagram page, because people after watching the video were genuinely also concerned for her dog and her dogs had all these like super fucking weird injuries that she makes a big deal about on Instagram. And it's like, oh, look, I hurt my paw. My toenail got ripped out. Like, I mean, Aaron, we have pets. I mean, they get hurt, but not like her dog. And she was like choking it. And like he was on a leash and she kept yanking it and he couldn't have not been choking. So I was glad to see that the rescue where she got the dog has taken custody. I think it's also like he was, I mean, to, to paraphrase something that Akila said today, he was just asking the, the man was just asking her to follow mm-hmm. a rule. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was making a ridiculous request. It wasn't like they were, it's, it's not like he went into a dog park and demanded that people start putting right. their dogs on the leash. He was in a park, a park park where the <laughs> rule is the dog has to be on the leash and you can have them off leash before 9am and after 9pm in certain parts of the park. But like, she just didn't want to follow the rules. Like, and then what was funny is that she didn't want to follow the rules and then tried to like invoke the law yeah. to enforce rules on him. But isn't it was a that real, the like, actual it was DNA a, of a mega Karen, right? Like the rules don't apply to her. The rules is the rules are what I make up as they go along and they exist to protect me and harm other people. Yeah. Like I think that's just fascism anyway. To like kind of piggyback what Alyssa was saying, like I see some people that are like, it was just a phone call. It was just a mistake. She made a mistake, but that was like a clear act Mm -hmm. of violence. Like she knew what she was doing and she knew what could have been the consequence of her calling the police. Like that was no act of like, that was no mistake. That wasn't like she knew with full intention that like there would potentially be violence at the end of that towards Christian. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine trying to pull something like that on purpose. Like when I, I lived in Brooklyn, I was like probably seven years ago, I got assaulted on the street by a stranger. And, uh, when the case was like going through the legal system, there was a couple of times I had to go down to the courthouse and like found out that like, you know, like when they asked me what I, they were like, what do you think should happen? You know, what do you, what do you want? And I was like, I don't want this lady to go to jail. You know, when I had like, it was like, no, she, you know, I I can't imagine. And I'm not saying that I'm a great person because I'm a total piece of shit, but I can't imagine wanting to inflict harm on somebody, even if they're in the wrong. And he wasn't in the wrong, but even if he was in the wrong, even if he had done something that was in any way bad, like I can't imagine the, how fucked you would have to be in the head to try to get physical Mm -hmm. harm to come to them. Like that is so like, I mean, I'm saying this was like sarcastically, but like Amy Cooper, get out of my country, get, <laughs> get, get out. We don't like, I, I, I can't, you were the worst, the worst of this country was yeah. like on display. And honestly, and to, to quote something Z-Way said in a, a very early hysteria episode, like it's a, it's a shame that the road to justice for a lot of people is going viral, but thank mm. goodness for virality in this case. <sighs> Um, okay. So glad to talk about that because 
I feel like it's nice that it's nice for everybody to just like be on the same side. You know, I didn't see anybody. I didn't see anybody that was like, this is what everyone was like, fuck this lady. Um, Because I think one thing that has happened when we've all been either indoors or in some people's cases, being compelled to work under conditions that are much more dangerous than they signed up to work for. So if you're like an essential worker, you've been, exposed to maybe a deadly disease. It's just a weird time. And I feel like the, the quarantine has made a lot of people crankier. It's made a lot of people more, uh, (laughs) polarized politically. But one thing that I think that it's made me is weird. Like I'm isolated from people. I'm not around people to check my weirdness. I am settling into it. And Tian, you and I had a conversation about this like a couple weeks ago. (laughs) I just want to check in on your quarantine weirdness and see if you've noticed yourself kind of like edging into your quirks. Oh, fully. I was, I was talking to my partner about this, that this was the subject. And she's like, honestly, the weirdest thing about you that I've noticed is that whenever there is a moment of silence, which is really true, I can't be with my thoughts right now, I've noticed that like whenever there is a moment where I'm not interacting with her, I put my headphones on immediately and I start rewatching old soccer games. I don't know what it is. I can't stop doing it. She'll like come out of the like come out of the bedroom, which is our temporary office right now, and I'll be like kind of cleaning the house or whatever and doing whatever I'm doing out there. And I'm just I'm just watching highlights of games I know the outcomes of, like <laughs> on repeat. Like there is no there, she's like very rare is a time that I'm not interacting with you and I come out and you're not watching that. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. That and also tiny houses. Do you know how many tiny Tiny. house tours I've been on in this quarantine? So many tiny house tours. So I have a funny thing for you about tiny house, tiny house nation. Okay, please. I'm obsessed with tiny house. You should do a little research on how many people who are couples that moved into tiny houses are still married. Is it not a lot? I think it's not a lot. I had an inside oh. scoop once from one of their producers that was like, I'm like, how come you never do follow-up shows? I'm like, where are they now? And it's like, cause they're not there. Oh my, this is blowing my mind <laughs> right now. Is it now. really though? Is it really? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> the best part about the tiny house tours and van tours that I'm fully watching like on repeat right now is that there is no big innovation or change in the layout. Like there's only I'm seeing the same thing. I'm seeing like the, yeah, I'm seeing like the bed in the same place and the kitchen sink in the, the same place. The beds are lofted. Like, the kitchen sink is near the bathroom because it's also your bathroom sink. <laughs> And the stairs are turned into storage. And your living room is also your dining room. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, kitchens. Okay, so first of all, I I have a friend who I don't know if he's still doing it, but he lived in a van for like, he was gonna just do it for a year and it became much longer than a year. And I did get to go in his van one time and it was very cool. Like, but the thing is you have to be very neat. I think when you live in places like that and I kind of love to luxuriate and clutter. Like when I go to a hotel room, the first thing I do is just throw my belongings around (laughs) cause it's kind of nice to like, you know, like I like a clean house, but I also like the act of making it slightly cluttered. I don't know. And Do you like use the drawers in hotel rooms? No, but okay. Josh doesn't. It struck me as deeply weird. It's weird. I he... think it's so weird. 
Yeah, it seems like an unnecessary piece of furniture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it depends on how long you're going to be This there. is true. This is true. That's true. Right? If it's more than two nights, I use the drawers, hmm. if I'm being honest. That's practical, but, you know... I think that's weird, Alyssa. <laughs> I, I if I use the drawers, I'm like committing to that place being a place I lived. And so when I leave the hotel, I almost, I almost feel like this weird tugging sentimentality. Like, oh, you were my home room 248. You were my home for four days and goodbye forever. And I'm never going to see. I, it's weird. I, I get too atta- like I get too attached to places if I like engage with them too much. And so I have to like deliberately be cold to the hotel, be like, no, you know what? Putting my suitcase on that little weird suitcase holder, (laughs) not even ever taking most of my clothes out. Toiletries are going all over the bathroom. Oh yeah. It's going to look like my makeup bag vomited all over the sink. Um, so that tiny house thing is interesting. It doesn't surprise me that most of those couples broke up. Um, oh, wait, I have a question about the vans. Are these like, are these like Toyota Sienna vans or are they like, like, like 15 passenger vans? They're the, they're more like the, the sprinter vans, you know, like the. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Or the Vol- or the cool Volkswagen, the V-Dub. Bugs. Yeah. I mean. Or the Westphalia of, yeah, that bus. Yeah. The Westphalia. Have you been to dead shows? No, I haven't. <laughs> well, you sound like you were. Uh, <laughs> I've been in many a Westphalia. I wish. Is that like a Grateful Dead thing? Yeah, I didn't realize. Oh my God, you guys. Jesus Christ. This is cultural. It's not even a. No, yes, of course. People, <laughs> people traveled in the VW buses uh, and like people would go and like camp out at dead shows. And so they were always in their VW bus or Westphalia as the years went on. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You could you could occasionally get a joint from someone in a VW bus. I of see. Elite, of, uh, of marijuana. <laughs> also, those people most likely to be cooking the burritos and grilled cheeses for sale for a dollar. Oh, wow. That sounds heavenly. Yeah. Why didn't I go to Grateful Dead shows before you concerts You guys, it's not illegal. too late. Jerry may be gone, but the music lives on forever. <laughs> I love this. Um, <laughs> Alyssa, has there, has there been a moment during quarantine when you've been going about what you've thought was your business and paused and been like, you know what? I'm doing a deeply weird thing right now. I've become weird. So, you know, I mean... Aaron, I've been your perma sidekick here for all of quarantine. And, uh, you know, we've talked about many sanity corners and my problem has become that things where my sanity corner have become like, uh, weird ticks. So whereas keeping the house clean was, um, was like making me feel empowered, like, oh, I'm in control. I'm keeping the house clean. This is good. Now it's like a weird tick. It's like must vacuum, must vacuum before shower, must vacuum. Like if it's, <laughs> I get really freaked shower. out. You know, it's like, like today I had a lot happening this morning before I got on the phone with you with you guys. And I nearly lost my shit because I was outside doing all the yard work and came in and didn't have time. I either had to shower or vacuum. And I was like freaking out. And David was like, are you okay? And I was like, I I don't think I can vacuum before hysteria. And he's like, I think that's fine. (laughs) He's like, you you shouldn't really vacuum every day. And I was like, must vacuum. Listeners can hear the dust on the floor, Alyssa. I am. I will say that some of my sanities have sort of transitioned to uh, mild to moderate forms of uh, OCD. 
<laughs> That's a pretty good one. I've gotten kind of more OCD about, well, because when you're in one space all the time, you notice things about the space that yes. it's like, mm-hmm. it's like staring at your own face in the mirror for like a long time. And you're like, why are my eyes uneven and whatever. But I notice like, cause we have two, we have two animals and they're both shedding because we're in the middle of a heat yes. wave out here. And yes. the dog is 55 pounds of black hair and the cat is eight pounds of <laughs> 30 pounds of hair of all colors. Cause she's like a gray tabby. And I've noticed that the hair, like if I, I, if I don't vacuum every day, there's like trails of it that where yes. it collects oh, yeah. and it's like horrifying. I mean, it was probably like that before, but I'm just noticing it now. No, it is, uh, I'm not going to lie. So I have three cats. Two are white. One is cream. The runner in our hallway is uh, brown. (laughs) And uh, it's a vintage, like, uh, Nepalese rug. It's three of them layered on top of each other. And the vacuum doesn't really get the hair upright. And so David came in, and I was just, like, straddling the rug with a fucking lint brush, (laughs) just getting that hair (laughs) off. Because... You're in the house so much. If you don't do it, you just fixate on it and you get crazy. And you're like, and then I get a little bit mad at Norm because Norm's the big fat cat who likes to lay on the rug. And I was like, of all the fucking places in the house, you got to lay there. And um, <laughs> that's when David's like, maybe you should take a walk. <laughs> get, out, get some fresh air. <laughs> Norm didn't oh, really do God. anything. <laughs> I've gotten, yeah, I, I've gotten like fixated on cleaning. But the thing that I've noticed that has become a little bit like, uh, yeah, more of a tick is that like, I read a lot and that's not a tick. That's very, it's been great. Very good. That's very good. It's good to read a lot. I read a lot of fiction and I read a lot of new fiction. I read a lot of debut novels, partly because I feel really bad for everyone who has ever had to write a book because it sounds awful. Alyssa, (laughs) you know, you're twice through it. Um, it sounds awful and really hard and I'm always like, I'm usually really impressed with people who can write a good novel, love a good novel. But this quarantine, I've noticed if I don't finish a book within three days of starting it, it starts to weigh on me like an unpaid bill. Like I am like, if I don't read a hundred pages a day, like I'm not reading enough of this book. And like, it's embarrassing. I feel like a piece, I, I can't, can't finish this book in three days. Like right now I'm reading Writers and Lovers by Lily King, which I think I'm reading slowly just because I'm enjoying it so much. It's like a, it's like a, it's not really a light book, but it's a lot lighter than, than uh pandemic, you know, like almost everything is lighter <laughs> than pandemic. It's got like a, a romantic storyline. It's like a story of a writer who's like trying to find her way in the world. It's, and it's really beautifully written. And I've been working on it for five days. And I feel like as soon as we get off of hysteria today, I'm going to like go finish it. Like my life depends on it. And it's very, very weird. That's the, because it's like, I think that's sort of what it is, is that like we've attached our like value and productivity to finishing certain things. And so it's like, if you don't, you're literally a loser. You're in the house doing nothing fucking else. How can you not get this done? How can you not find 27 minutes to vacuum the whole house? It's 27 (laughs) minutes. Um, (laughs) If you had a tiny house, it would be less time. And it's 11 minutes (laughs) to the dump. That's another thing I've been doing. I time everything because apparently I don't have enough of it in the day. I need to know how long everything takes. You guys, and I take Wellbutrin. 
so there's not much help that I can get <laughs> from this point. Uh, it's so true though, that like you need to fin like you need to finish something because the pandemic is, there's no foreseeable end to this. So like the little <laughs> finish lines that I can give myself have been, exactly. have been very like calming and anxiety inducing, but like in an anxiety that I can control, which feels right. like something I need right now. Mm -hmm. The lack of control is really crazy making. Um, another thing that I, that, that I did that I realized was like, this is weird. And Tian, you were privy to this. Um, my mom sent me a package of old clothes oh, from yeah. my house. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Cause when I was a kid, I was obsessed with like, I was a very, like, I would get fixated on things. Like some of them never went away. Ancient Egypt still fucking love that shit. But when I was a kid, gymnastics, cause I did yes, gymnastics yes. and I was also obsessed with gymnasts and like being a kid in the nineties was a great time for USA gymnastics, like Shannon Miller and Dominique Dawes. And then later on, like Dominique Mochianu. And it was like Carrie Strug. It was so fun to watch gymnastics. And that was before we knew how bad all of the stuff was. Um, I, my, my hometown had a team that was really good, a gymnastics team. And when I was like in fourth grade, I bought a windbreaker that said Frederick gymnastics on the back. And it has like a, like a iron on of like a, like person on a balance beam. Yes. And it was like <laughs> so way too big for me. Like there's all these pictures of me when I was a kid, it goes down to my knees, but I loved it. And I wore it all the time. My mom sent it to me. It fits now. Uh, I'm in my mid, mid, yeah, it fits me now. And it's, it's pretty awesome. Genius. Um, but she also sent me a, another item of clothing that was way too big for me as a child, an adult medium Cheryl swoops, Olympic Jersey. What a from, good Jersey. Uh, what a good Jersey. <laughs> It still fits like a dress. <laughs> I like wore it when I was a kid. <laughs> but I had one day where I, I got the package in the mail and I put on my Cheryl Swoops jersey and a pair of shorts. And I just like, that's what I was wearing for the rest of the day. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I though. love that. I kind of wish you were wearing it right now. Uh, maybe I'll change into it for... Um, for the oh, movie yes, club. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll put on, yes. I mean, I do want to put on a blazer, but I think First Wives Club movie club while wearing a Cheryl Swoops jersey would be an unprecedented move. And I really think maybe I should. Yeah, you it's should iconic. It. It'll be iconic. It's iconic. That um, actually reminds me of what, I, for, I forgot that I had texted you that my other weird thing that I've been doing is doing soccer drills in my apartment by myself. Like fully <laughs> found... I think like a young man who's in his like either teens or twenties, who's doing quarantine foot drills. Uh, that is just like perfect little drills that you can do in your home with a small amount of space. I've been doing them every other day and I got to say my foot skills are very good. Aaron called me a ball master. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's true. I did call you a ball master. That's uh um, that, you know, one thing I was thinking about, you know, as soccer football, if you will, um, in other parts of the world is starting up again and they're playing without crowds. Oh, yeah. I saw, I saw a picture the other day of, cause it's weird to play without a crowd, but people were putting up like cardboard cutouts of people yeah. in the crowd. Yes. Oh yeah. What would, look, I think that, that it's time for, this is another weird thing is like, I spend way too much time thinking about sports when there are no sports. It's like, I think about pandemic ESPN and how weird it is. Yes. I think about like, think about what it would be like to repopulate a stadium with cardboard cutouts. You can make them cardboard cutouts of anybody. You could make them cardboard cutouts of like 
all of the ex-girlfriends of the team you're playing if you wanted to psych them out. <laughs> you could make them cardboard cutouts of, you know, celebrities that or or, you know, horror movie monsters. You could get really that could become part of the strategy. And I, for one, hope to see it. I hope to see it, too. One team had to apologize for putting sex dolls in the uh, stadium seats. I mean, isn't that no, isn't that you. depriving the sex dolls of some of their humanity? Maybe they're sex dolls who also like to watch soccer. They can do other true. things besides have sex. You're absolutely right. So maybe they shouldn't applaud. <laughs> maybe they shouldn't apologize <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's talk about good weird. Is there anything good weird that you've done? or started kind of sinking into during quarantine? I actually have been keeping in touch with my family more than I ever have. Um, and talking on the phone with my parents and zooming with my siblings and some friends from that. I don't often get to see more than I, than, than I ever did before, which has been like a nice, a nice thing that has come out of the pandemic. Although I will say that my parents now forget that you can just like do a regular phone call and not FaceTime me all the time. <laughs> like we can just talk on the phone. It doesn't have to be a FaceTime or a Zoom meeting every single time we talk, but <laughs> it's been nice to talk to everyone. Same. So my sister now uh, FaceTimes me every day between four and five. Um, and this is the weird part, actually, maybe it's just sad, is that uh, it's because JJ, my niece, she says, wee wee. She calls me wee wee. Wee wee, wee wee, call wee wee. But she doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> the minute she gets me on the phone, she turns into a serial killer. She looks straight at me and she goes, Midge, 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 <laughs> because she really just wants my cat. <laughs> she wants to see Midge. And sometimes I'm like outside and I'll be like, JJ, let me call. No, Midge, Midge. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so I'm worried that she's the one who's gotten a little weird during <laughs> pandemic because she just, uh, she cannot, uh, she doesn't give a shit about me. It's all about Midge. And uh, today is Midge's two-year adoptive anniversary. Oh, my gosh. Yay, happy congrats. anniversary. Midge's sister still hasn't gotten adopted. And I will say that I have obsessed about it every single day that, like, maybe I should take her and see if she's not a psycho anymore. Well, that's, I mean, you know where I'm going to come down on this issue. And that is always going to be to yes. give the pet a home. Same. Always. Well, <laughs> yeah. Guys, talk about pandemic weird. Is four cats pandemic weird? Uh, there's, I think there's a big difference between two cats and three cats. But once you've kept, crossed the three cat threshold. Yeah, you might as well get 10. Yeah. Okay, okay, well okay, Pian. <laughs> You're already no there. No difference oh. between four and 10. <laughs> okay, so this that's our solution to quarantine is 10 cats. 10 cats. A piece. 10 cats a piece for everybody. Soccer drills. Um, Soccer drills, uh, old clothes from your childhood that were way too big. (laughs) Um, And we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we have resurrected an old segment with a non-death themed rebrand. And uh, (laughs) we're excited about it. We hope you stick around. We'll be right back. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. 
And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team, east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com. And this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. And welcome back. Um, A lot of longtime listeners of the show probably remember a segment that we used to do called The Hill I'll Die On. And uh, when the pandemic started, I just thought having die in the name of a segment that is meant to make people feel better is maybe not the best thing in the world. But I really miss taking really strong stances about things that I know people are going to disagree with me on and be willing to argue about it until I'm blue in the face. And um, a lot of those things are petty. And so we've rebranded the hill I'll die on for the quarantine. We're we're rebranding it. I feel petty. So this is the part of the show where we talk about things that we feel very strongly about that we're not concerned with other people disagreeing with us on. I feel petty. Um, Also, I want to remind uh, our listeners that if you have something you feel very petty about, you can submit it to hysteria at crooked.com. In order to do that, you need to record a 30 second voice memo on your phone and just email it as an attachment. One more thing. um, Movie club this week is first wives club, which I had never watched before in its entirety. (laughs) Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy, did I have a good time. And uh, I'm really excited for you guys to hear the conversation. Watch the video. You can find it on Crooked Media's YouTube page. It posts every Sunday. And we also post it on our socials, so you'll be able to find it that way too. Okay. I feel petty. Alyssa, do you want to inaugurate I feel petty? What do you feel petty about? (laughs) I want to sing. I want to sing the song. You from can. First Wives Club. <laughs> no, I will spare everybody. Save it. Save it for the YouTube. No, so here's uh, something that I have come to feel very strongly about in the last uh, couple of weeks. And that is that the only sports bras worth having are Fruit of the Loom. Okay, Fruit of the Loom sports bras are the best. Hanes are way or garbage. Thank you very much. Wow. wow. Yeah, I'm not telling even, you. Not even getting into not, Nike or the actual yeah, like. No, no, because I don't want fashion. I just want a fucking cotton bra that doesn't accentuate my boob sweat. Like I just want cotton. I don't want things that give me extra back fat. Like that's not why I have a sports bra. I want smooth. I want cotton. I want simple. Fruit of the loom. I have, okay. This is not an ad. This is not an ad. <laughs> wow. I just ordered a bunch of Nike sports bras. This is an ad. Well. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never tried Fruit of... I didn't even know Fruit of the Loom had sports bras. Game changer. You don't spend a lot of time at Walmart, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently. You, no, pandemic man. Alyssa is a whole new person. <laughs> know uh that that sports bras didn't even exist until the 70s 
when women participated in athletics, they oh. used to have to wear regular bras. And when they were huh, first, I, that makes, I, that that makes, makes a lot sense. of sense. That's yeah. not actually that surprising. Yeah. I wrote a feature on this for runner's world, uh, like a couple years ago. And basically it was when they first made a sports bra, two costume designers who were women were like, there should be a sports bra. They sewed two jock straps together. That no was way. The, the first sports bra was like jock straps, like <laughs> oh my. sewn together. Well, let me also say that the reason I feel so strongly about this is because I have not worn a bra with a hook in 73 days <laughs> as per the calendar here on my desk. Wow. Or have you not yeah, like sports bras? I always bras. almost dislocate my shoulder putting them on and taking them off. So I need something with a hook, man. Need, need a bra with a hook. <laughs> <laughs> I walked. I took a walk in just my like tank top outside the other day with no bra, and it was very. It felt very freeing. I know not I'm everyone. I know people. not everyone can do that, but your boobs aren't forty four. I do have. Sm- <laughs> I do have small boobs. I do. I do. Mine aren't big. They're just forty four. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm forty four years old. Not that my boobs. Oh my god! No. Right, that's what I. <laughs> I was like, did you get them? Did you buy some vintage ones and get them installed? Oh, Oh, Lord, I'm glad we cleared that that up. Hey, no, actually, we should edit out that clarification. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to say something that's going to make a lot of people mad for my, my, my my petty stance this week. And maybe it's not even that petty, but... I was listening to um, I was listening to a news podcast, and in it they were talking about space travel and how you know we're doing we're doing space force now, and uh, Elon Musk is sending a, a rocket ship to I don't know whatever mm. planet he lives on, um, and then I learned that um, since the space shuttle program shut down. Uh, American astronauts that have gone up to the space station have kind of hitched rides on Russian vessels. And every time we fly an astronaut up to the space space station, it costs $86 million. Okay. We're in the middle That's of ridiculous. A, we're in the middle of a pandemic space travel. No, not right. Not now. essential. We not do essential. not need to be going to space. We do not. We need to be going, focusing on an inner space, like magic school bus style adventures <gasps> to the inside of a cell where we, uh, so we can solve the coronavirus problem. We don't need to be sending fucking anybody to outer space no. right now. Not a, not a one, no space. I could not co-sign this yeah. more fervently. Agreed. <laughs> I, I mean, now I want there to be, instead of Space Force, I want there to be like a magic school bus army where people, where we just like enlist a bunch of biologists and epidemiologists. Yeah, we shrink (laughs) them down. We put them inside volunteers' veins because it should be something we all consent to if we want to have a magic school bus inside of our bodies. But, and then let them learn about germs and fight, you know, fight off COVID and maybe help us get to Agreed. some somewhat normal life. Would you volunteer Agreed. would you volunteer to be on the bus or would you volunteer to be like the Arnold who is that that's who they went into in that episode of Magic School Bus is Arnold they went into I would, Arnold's bus. I would let I would let all those kids inside me for sure. I would let that that sentence on. is interesting <laughs> to hear out of context. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would I would rather I think it would be a lot less scary. There's also a Rick and Morty episode where they go inside a human body oh. where it's like an it's called Anatomy Park and they have like they've turned the body uh, Rick has turned a body of somebody into an amusement park where it's inside somebody's body and it's it's gross, but it's funny. Um yeah, inner space, not outer space. That's what I feel petty about this week. Okay. Tien, why don't you bring us home? Okay, mine. I feel petty since we're on social media all the time, or maybe I'm speaking for everyone, but I am. I know I am. I'm noticing a trend that I find very annoying, which is people are responding. Whenever people are using the blue hearts just for men and boys, have you noticed this? (gasps) No. (laughs) It drives me insane. When I see photos of like my friend's children or like my nieces and nephews. And if it's a niece, people, you'll start seeing it now. So many people use the blue heart when referring to like affection for a man or a boy. I'm just like, this is a bizarre little thing that we've started doing. Like we can't use the real color of a heart anymore to show love. We have to use the boy heart. You'll see it. I I use the heart from the cards. You know, the darker red heart. I don't like the ready orange heart. I just use the one from like the spades and the the, uh, clubs. Mm -hmm. Go to the little card section. That's a lot more gender neutral. That is a lot more gender neutral. I think so. Or yellow. I've never used the blue heart. Or yeah, or any. The blue heart. I just didn't realize like what weird things do we do that gets so gendered. And the blue heart really bothers me when I see it. Yeah, it just seems like why... I feel like since I've known you, Tien, I've gotten a lot more, I've become a lot more aware of that stuff. And it's like started to bug me also uh, more than it had before. So (laughs) thank you for getting me annoyed in a whole new way. Um, But yeah, that's that's dumb. (laughs) Hearts of all colors for whoever you want. Hearts of all colors. You'll start seeing it now. You'll see when people are commenting on little like pictures of sweet little boys, you're like, wow, all these people have used the blue heart. Why? Uh, man, that's, that's dumb. dumb. That's dumb. That's that is, dumb. I'll, that's not I'll get, petty. I'll get, that's dumb. Yeah, I, I feel petty about that too. Okay. Um, that's our show. That's all the time we have. This was so much fun. Tien, thanks for stopping by from exotic champagne, Illinois. (laughs) Alyssa, thank you for being with me uh, every week as always. And thanks to all of you for listening. There will be more hysteria for you next week. Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thank you to Juliet Beckstrand for production support and to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Nadina Malconian for filming and editing our video content every week. Get, get me some. Oh.